I want to know if Tupac's still alive. I think Suge oh, Knight actually a, knows. That is a good question. I think Tupac's out there in the world, and there's one guy who I think knows the answer to that. Suge Knight. Put him on a polygraph test, guys. Let's I'm, find out. I'm really happy that you've thought of all these. I was thinking, like, in my personal <laughs> Oh, life, yeah. <laughs> not in the larger universe. Uh, and I'm over here like Elon Musk. Super villain or no? Be honest. I want to know the answer. Welcome to the Rom-Com Rewind Podcast. Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Devin. And like you, I love rewatching movies over and over again. And you have made it here, so you probably love romantic comedies. We do as well, so we have something in common. So this is a show where we rewatch rom-coms, break them down a bit for you, maybe take a peek behind the curtain, dig beneath the surface, and decide, does it still hold up? Today we have Meet, Meet the, the parents. parents. And if you're listening to us on Spotify, make sure you follow us so that you're updated on new episodes. Uh, subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Also, leave a review. We love reading those. We love hearing about them. And the more reviews you leave, the more people find out about our podcast. As well, on Instagram, at Romcom Rewind, you can reach out that way. Uh, Trisha messaged us this past week and said, Every Tuesday, I look forward to listening to the new episode with my coffee. So this is actually a special intro just for Trisha. Good morning, Trisha. I hope your coffee's great. She also uh, mentioned she wants us to do Fever Pitch. Oh, and she didn't realize that Jay Baruchel was on, or, or she did. She remembered that Jay Baruchel was on Popular Mechanics for Kids. I had no idea. <laughs> yes, Wild. it's classic. So today's episode is Meet the Parents, a 2000 romantic comedy directed by Jay Roach. He also did the Austin Powers series, um, and he did... <laughs> Meet the Fockers, of course. Uh, this movie is the story of Greg Fokker, played by Ben Stiller. He is a nurse living in Chicago, and he's dating Pam Burns, played by Terry Polo. Greg and Pam been dating for 11 months. Greg wants to propose when, surprise, Pam reveals her sister just got engaged. Not the best timing. So Greg and Pam travel to Long Island to meet Pam's parents. So Greg was going to propose without meeting the parents. And here's the thing. Pam's father, Jack, played by Robert De Niro, um, he turns out to be, I think we can agree, the single most terrifying man whose daughter you could ever be dating, if yep. that makes sense. Yep, yep. He immediately engages in a very cunning kind of psychological warfare <laughs> against Greg. That's a really good way to put it. <laughs> and that's kind of the story of Meet the Parents without spoiling it too much. It's Greg Fokker um, dating Pam Burns, wanting to propose to her, but then meeting Jack Burns for the first time. Pam is the one Greg wants to marry. Just relax, honey. Yeah, I love you. But before he can pop the question, he'll have to meet... Hi, Daddy! ...the parents. What are you driving there, Ford? Oh, yeah. It's an interesting color. You pick it? Oh, no, not the Hurst guy picked it. Why? Well, they say geniuses pick green. But you didn't pick it. <laughs> Be nice to this one, okay? Okay, I'll try. Now, he will enter their home. You know, Greg's in medicine, too, Larry. Oh, really? What field? Uh, nursing. <laughs> <laughs> not, not a lot of men in your professional either, Greg. And earn his way. Do you want to hear a story? I milked a cat once. A cat? Into the family. You know. I had no idea you could milk a cat. Oh, yeah, you can milk anything with nipples. I have nipples, Greg. Could you milk me? Dad. At least. Robert De Niro just, just slaying this poor guy. What, what are your thoughts on this movie? This movie's good. Um, it's for sure a classic. I forgot how 
great it was. Um, it does, in fact, though, give you a lot of stress and anxiety while watching oh it. Oh my god, yes. It uh, it provides a lot of anxiety filled um, for for the whole you know almost two hours. I yeah. I kind of forgot how uncomfortable this movie is. It's no <laughs> wonder we kind of like here in North America became obsessed with the show The Office only a few years later because it it has a lot of the same kind of uncomfortable energy. It's cringy and funny all at the same time in a similar way way with that The Office was, especially some episodes. You're like, I need to pause this. It's so uncomfortable. <laughs> I just need to take a moment, like not to spoil too much, but like specifically when he's talking about like milking the cats. Oh my, oh my God, God, I forgot God. This about that. feels like a Michael Scott line. But yeah. Which one did you milk then? Dad. Honey, he said he'd pumped milk. What have you ever milked? Cat. A cat? I milked a cat once. You want to hear a story? Sure. My sister had a cat, and the cat birthed a litter of kittens. Must have been 30 of them. And there was this one little runt, this little sweet little little engine that could run who could you know wanted to get up there and couldn't really get access to the to the to the to the uh teat teat dad what have you i went in and just simply you know just into a little saucer and uh then took the saucer and fed it to geppetto that's what i named him geppetto I, I had no idea you could milk a cat. Oh, yeah, you can milk anything with nipples. I have nipples, Greg. Could you milk me? Okay, could we change the subject? But you're Perhaps. right. This this movie is certainly a classic. You rewatch it. There are scenes that, you know, I remember line for line, oh, yeah. moment for moment. It really is an iconic movie. It is, and I think... Um, and to bring up your point about comparing it to The Office, that is a good comparison. I didn't think of that. But do you think that that was what the comedy was at that point in 2000? Well, I, I think I think there was a, a strain of comedy that's like, let's mm. be uncomfortable and funny. Right. Because there are a few... Uncomfortably funny. Uncomfortably funny. That could funny. be a band name. <laughs> <laughs> let's go see Uncomfortably Funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, what kind of band would that be? No, I don't know. Uncomfortably Punk funny. Punk rock? Maybe a little punk rock, yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably punk rock. Maybe a little grungy. They're yeah. like ironic with their names, right? Yeah. It's like it's like we're uncomfortably names. funny. Yeah, it's like you know, uncomfortably warm. Like that would be a really good name as well. You should uh... <laughs> name <laughs> bands. Yeah, I don't know if that's a profession using, or not. <laughs> using the word uncomfortably before everything. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> My other thought is that is this the movie that helped launch Ben Stiller? Ooh. Because. He had a few good roles previous to this. Yeah, like he there's did. something about Mary, Larry the Cable Guy. Literally last night we were talking about another movie, Marvelous Men or something like that. Oh, um, oh my gosh. Is it Mystery Men? Mystery, Mystery Men. Men. Yes. Mystery Men came out in nineteen ninety nine. Yeah. Well, when did Zoolander come out? And this is what I'm getting to. Okay. So Meet the Parents comes out in two thousand. Mm -hmm. The very next year, Ben Stiller stars as Derek oh. Zoolander. So I, I think with Owen Wilson, with Owen Wilson, that's hey. right, as Hansel. Um, <laughs> so I think, like, I, I think the combination of these two movies back mm. to back was kind of like, 
that's the stamp of approval. Like, okay, Ben Stiller is now, yeah. he's a guy, he can lead a movie, he can be on the, the movie posters and everything. Like, he can be a leading man sort of thing. Yeah, I would agree with you. I, I didn't realize that Zoolander was a year after Meet the Parents. Back to back. So that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I do have to say Robert De Niro and Ben Stiller, they're fantastic together. Oh, my God. Um, but, like, let's be honest, meeting your future in-laws can be tough. And this movie is exactly the worst case scenario like, if you were to meet them. Am I wrong? Yeah, you're not wrong, but Robert De Niro has a really interesting performance in this movie. Yes. Because he's, like, I feel like I know guys kind of like Robert De Niro, oh, just God. not to that extreme. They're not related to you, are are they? There is one who's related no! to me. That I'm kind of like, oh, like, wow, you kind of remind me of so-and-so. <laughs> but just like... Have I met them yet? Yes, you have, actually. Oh, yeah. okay. It, it's a lot more like sarcastic, dry humor and less malicious manipulation, oh, if I that makes sense. definitely think I know who it is. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, it, but, but, but that's what makes this character somewhat relatable. It, it's like the no-name version of Robert De Niro. You know, it's kind of the watered-down, <laughs> like, oh, no wow, that would be horrible to date it. Like, imagine if that guy was a CIA agent, th then it's Robert De Niro's character. Yeah, you know? okay, okay. I can get on board with that. So the movie kicks off um, with the failed proposal outside of her school, oh outside of God. Pam's school. The fact that she doesn't turn around and he has the entire thing set up, has all of her students in the window with marry me, Pam. <laughs> My anxiety watching this started here in this movie and it never ended. Okay, well, I've got a few questions here. So so Greg Fokker is going to propose yeah. to Pam. Because I have one for you. Okay, well, what's your question? My question... He's practicing kneeling yeah. in the street. <laughs> Which is so... On, you know, on oh one knee, God. kneeling down on one knee. What a Ben Stiller move. Is this realistic? Like, do people practice before oh they my, propose? Are you kidding me? No. Proposing is one of the most frightening things a man's going to okay, do in his life. Did you practice? Y yes. You did? Well, like, I had something Where? in mind of what... I didn't... I practiced in my own head. Oh, okay. You didn't physically, like, in... No, I wasn't physically kneeling okay. down. But, like, you do kind of think about it. You're like, okay, like... All right, I'm just going through all the motions in my head. Yeah, of course. Okay. You could you could put me in the most uncomfortable situation. <laughs> I'd still prefer it to proposing. Not that I was oh. unhappy to propose, but I it's know, just like there's a say. lot of anxiety there. There's a K. You could you could relate for this scene. I am going to rant about what he does with the ring, okay. which we're going to get to. But okay, I've got another question. Mm -hmm. So so Greg's about to propose. And then Pam's sister calls her and she says, hey, right. like, I'm getting engaged. Oh, my God. Wow. No, we are engaged. We are engaged. And the, and the wedding is next weekend. The wedding is next weekend. And thank God my now fiance asked my father's permission. Oh, yes. It was such an important piece. And Greg realizes, oh, my God, I was about to propose to Pam without asking the father's <laughs> permission. Is that an antiquated thing? Do you, do you still need to ask the father's permission? I think for I think for some people, like, traditionally, it is something that I think a lot of people would like mm. myself I think you know um it was important to me uh for both my parents to know mm -hmm. ahead of time um but I think now it's not um it's not necessary it's not necessary I think it depends on your circumstance if you've only met them like once or twice it's really awkward to have a conversation with them whereas if you've met them more and you you've established a relationship I think at that point they probably would have told their daughter nah we don't like them or at least you'd hope. And can they really say no? Can they really tell you no? Mm. And then do you not propose? Like, what if what if they, you know? I think Jack was probably going to say no. Probably, right? yeah, yeah. I And I mean, to your point, like, when I proposed, it was kind of like, you know, talking to the father. It wasn't like a can I. It was a I'm gonna I'm going to do this to, and I'm letting yeah. you know ahead of time. Yeah. 
it's and, more of like just a, a a pulse check like hey it, this is what i'm doing right right a pulse check is really uh, it's a great way of, and it also like in my mind it was kind of like a bringing them into the moment like hey this right. is gonna happen this is gonna be a moment and i want you to be a part of it mm-hmm. you're not gonna be there clearly <laughs> but like yeah. this moment is about to happen so right. heads up there's gonna be a theme for myself in this podcast maybe you'll agree okay i think greg Fokker makes so many ridiculous incompetent mistakes this entire podcast or this entire movie no what do you mean no no i think he's set up to fail whoa oh he does not help himself no i think you could navigate yourself through that scenario no there is a person who sets him up for failure in this movie whoa oh like a phantom uh yeah constantly over and over and over again and it is one of the worst who is not jack correct who is the one of the worst rom com characters in my Whoa. opinion? Yes. Oh I my can't. god. Yeah. This is going to be some conflict. This episode. Yeah, we'll we'll dive into it further on okay. in the. Uh, it's my uh, honorable mention. Your it's, honorable it's mention more is of how like a horrible dis, this person a dis- is. Dishonorable mention. <laughs> this time. Okay. Yeah. I, I yeah. look forward to. It. <laughs> well. <laughs> yeah. So Greg and Pam they head to Pam's parents' place because, like you said. You got to meet the parents, and Debbie's getting married ASAP. Uh, they land, and Greg loses his luggage. Losing your luggage is nothing short of a travesty. I have lost my luggage. Actually, mm. I've lost my luggage twice when I've traveled um, overseas. Back to the proposal thing. Yes, yeah. So when I physically had a ring in my hand that mm-hmm. I was going to propose to somebody with, I wanted that thing out of my possession as soon as possible. I hated having it in the house. I, I, I hid it somewhere, and I must have checked multiple <laughs> times a day to make yeah. sure that it was still where it was supposed to be. So the fact that this guy is getting on a flight with, like, any guy oh, who gets yeah. on a flight with a ring, oh, my God, guys. Like, just think it through. I know my, my brother-in-law did that. He did it. He proposed in Mexico. Right. He did. And he was talking about putting the, <laughs> the ring on the flight and i'm like what like oh my god were you stressed and he's like yeah i was it was a horrible idea i'm like yeah that sounds like a horrible idea yeah i think it would be i don't think i um yeah i would be having a heart attack making sure that it was there and it sucks that you can't carry it through on your body right it has to be checked or I don't know if it has to well, be no, checked, no, no, actually. No, you can carry it through. So what happened was that oh. he kept it on his body. But okay. when he was going through security, he kind of told me, he's like, hey, like I got this in my coat pocket. It's going to go off. Yeah, Just it's going to go off. You can take a peek at it. But like that's what it is. Right. So okay, that's, that's smart. Okay. Yeah, so he didn't check it. It wasn't. Yeah, exactly. Okay, that's good then. So Greg brings Jack a rare flower because I think he's supposed to be a botanist or a florist or something. That was his CIA cover. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, Jack says, oh, great, awesome, very dismissive, and instead is showing Greg and Pam all of his new gadgets he has and these new inventions inventions that he's come up with. And two questions for you. Yeah. Is it customary to bring a gift for the first time you're meeting the in-laws? Uh, depends. Like they were dating 11 months. Right. They had never met before. They had never met before. So, yes, I would say absolutely. Okay. I think if you're just kind of casually dating somebody and, like, date four or five, you happen to meet the parents, mm-hmm. like, they're over at the house or whatever, like, obviously, I'm not going to bring a bu- But, like, maybe first dinner, for sure. Okay, first dinner, okay. you bring a bottle I like of wine, that. probably. Yeah. Yes, I like that. Go on, like, the first dinner. You're sitting down. You're yeah. conversing. Yeah. Um, second question. Okay. One of the gadgets that Jack is showing them is a nanny cam. Yeah. Is this the original nanny cam, like, um, experience? expanded from just like a teddy bear into vases and into 
Um, I don't know. I think he has the whole house wired. And it's motion censored. This was such a comedic part of the movie. <laughs> it was really creepy, but it, it was. was like I think about the end credits when uh, <gasps> Oh my god, I love the end credits. When De Niro like sits down and he's like, Okay, what were you up to today, Fokker? And it's Ben Stiller <laughs> yes. in front of like something <laughs> that he thinks might be a camera and he's doing like karate moves. I love like, it. How do you feel about this? <laughs> And it, uh, yeah, like that was kind of a fun way to kind of nip some comedy in throughout the movie. It was. It was. Oh, I love the end credits. I love a movie that does end credits. Mm, yeah. Like it's fantastic. It. Well, okay, hold on. I love a movie that does video during the end credits because every movie does Just end give credits. Some, yeah, yeah. The credits <laughs> are a requirement. Yeah. So... This kind of moves into the dinner that evening. Jack asks Greg to say grace. Pam doesn't help him at all. She just says that he's Jewish and then continues letting Greg give grace. Well, okay, yeah. And the the grace was comically bad. It was really horrible. It was awful. But listen, I would argue that Greg Falker could just say, hey, guys, I don't really know how appropriate, like what's an appropriate grace. I don't think there was any way out of that. I don't think Jack was going to let him out. No. No. Pam just sits there and watches him sink. Well, and he, he... Sunk like an anchor because he was so bad at it. Like, she's sitting there. He's saying grace terribly. And she just lets him continue, 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 continue. I'm going to put this all on Greg because, like, if I'm I'm with some of my friends who are, like, of a different religion, Mm -hmm. you know, they could be anything. Mm -hmm. And if they say, like, hey, we're having dinner, do you want to say blank? I'd be like, well, I don't really know how to say it. How do you normally say it? Would you tell your future in-laws, and you're trying to make a really good impression because you want to get his blessing, you're going to say no to saying grace when he's asked you? I'm not saying no. I'm just saying, hey, well, I'm not familiar with this. How do I do it properly? Okay, you'd ask. I'm asking the questions. Yeah, I'm being honest about it. Pam could have helped him. Pam could have helped him. (laughs) So then the urn disaster of 2000 happens. Oh, my God. Hilarious. Having having the urn in the dining room is creepy, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can we talk about that? For sure. All right. Are urns in general just a little bit weird unless you are the owner of the urn, I guess? I don't know. The owner of the urn has to do something with it. What do you mean? Like, has to put it somewhere. Right. Where do you put it? Well, that's what I mean, That's right? appropriate. Yeah, exactly. Or on a mantle in a dining hall mm. or dining room, yeah. I guess, is where they thought. That feels weird. It's Jack's mother. It's Jack's mother. That's so strange. Yeah, and I don't think I It, it I is also strange I could have that, that he cheerses to her. Oh, yeah. Probably, like, here's to you, Probably Ma. every dinner. What? Probably every dinner. <laughs> that's weird. Yeah, okay. Yeah, no. So Greg brings in some champagne that he brought at the pharmacy. Celebration. Celebration. It's a dinner. It's the first dinner. True. Yes, yes. Okay, so yeah. He brings in the champagne and he pops it. But at the exact same time that he pops it, he finds out that Kevin, the best man, is Pam's old boyfriend who actually was her fiance. The cork from the champagne hits the urn on the mantle, lands on the ground, and breaks, shatters. And Jinx, the cat, goes up and pees all over it. Kevin, your old boyfriend? Thanks, Dad. Well, yeah, Kevin was Pam's fiance. Oh. 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 Dixie, no. Oh. That scene is really funny, though. Oh, man. The entire very thing comical. is very awkward. So now we've established Kevin. Kevin. Okay. We have Keg Kevin, played by Owen Wilson. We, do. we have Greg, yeah. played by Ben Stiller. Mm-hmm. If you're Pam, who would you pick? Businessman, carpenter, adventure enthusiast, 
Owen Wilson or Nurse Chicago. Nice guy, Ben Stiller. I would pick Owen Wilson because I like his I like his adventure side. Um, I think he's just like up for anything. Go getter. I I I was gonna say Owen Wilson just because I feel like he's a little bit more. Uh, a little bit more carefree, a little bit more. Yeah, you know, and and I mean like all time. of the things like, and I talk about it a little bit later on, but everything in his house is representative of like what he, like he's not faking what he is. He just like really likes to try new things. He enjoys skiing. He yeah, he enjoys taking risks, and it's fun. And um, like I think he's just adventurous, and that's fun. That's great. This brings me into something really important that I want to talk about this podcast. Okay, ooh, it sounds serious. What are the singular sentences an actor is so known for oh my god that you can just do an impression <laughs> of them you can kind of like slip into an impression of them just mm-hmm. based on that sentence like for owen wilson <laughs> it would be wow oh wow hey that's my little drawings there he goes pole vaults over the thing here he goes and there he is oh wow seven projects wow 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 going to be our honeymoon. Wow. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Nice yeah. Like Owen Wilson wow. all the time. Wow. wow. And then you kind of like, yeah, you can yeah. just kind of do the, <laughs> wow. Oh my That's God. so good. You know, or, or we have two in this movie okay. because we've also got Listen, Fokker. <gasps> yes, and that's the that's De Niro. That, that brings you into the, ah, listen, Fokker. Yeah. You know? All right. Now look, Fokker. I'm a patient man. That's what 19 months in a Vietnamese prison camp will do. Matthew McConaughey. All right, all right, all right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, totally all right. classic. I get older. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 Wow, well, that's actually a creepy line. I'm not going to say the and, rest of the line. <laughs> and you know what? Um, yeah, no, don't finish that <laughs> sentence. Uh, however, I also now when I see a Lincoln car, oh, I my think God, of Matthew McConaughey. Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, in his Alone silent in reflections. You just drive. You don't know where you're going. Yes. We're all right. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. The other one is every well-known actor kind of has something that you can tie it if you say it. Um, you know, Anchorman. Like, I was like, going to say. I, I like many leather-bound books or I'm in a glass I, case of emotion. I'm in a glass case of emotion. <laughs> right? Like there's certain things that yeah. are just like key. You you can put them in a place and in a movie and you're like, yeah, that's exactly what And then Will you Ferrell. can kind of like do a Ron Burgundy Impression Absolutely. just from I'm in a glass case of emotion. <laughs> yes. Ah, I need help. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. Cannonball! So Greg finds out um, when he's there that they'll be sleeping in separate rooms. I know that they didn't know that Pam and Greg were already living together, but um, I remember when you brought me home to meet your mom. The the separate rooms thing was... It was going to happen. I think you had to have a conversation, no? Yeah, well, we were like uh, yes. uh, mid to late 20s. Yeah. So, you know... <laughs> What are we? What are we stopping here? You know, like I live on my own. Come on. I can appreciate that. Like they don't know me can from. Can you? I can appreciate it. I'm <laughs> happy it didn't happen. Like, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Because well, your parents were a little bit more liberal in that. They were, yeah. Anybody yes. could sleep over at any time, at any age. <laughs> no, Is that kind of how it was? Any age. I don't understand how it was in your household. Not at any age, but. Um, at an earlier age? At an earlier age, okay. yeah. If right. if I had a boyfriend, they were fine with them staying over. 
That's okay. So that's blasphemous <laughs> in my household, or in the in the household I grew up in. Yeah, I say. right. Did you bring a lot of girls home though? Um, no. That could be also part of it. See, and we've talked about this. Your upbringing has allowed you to be a lot more innocent in your life because you never had to lie. <laughs> yes, that's right. Yeah. But, and, and that's, you know what, that's a good lesson for like probably when I become a parent, you know, my parents were very stringent. They were very, you know, the hammer of the law. And I just learned to lie to them extremely efficiently and effectively you know is that what i want from a kid probably not no probably not <laughs> yeah it's it's better to know than to not know sure yeah right because i'm gonna do it regardless i got a car like exactly. what do you think's happening to that car now this is true this is true so yeah greg's moved downstairs in the den and finds jack's secret room he sees all of these pictures with jack oh with presidents God. and famous important people and Jack catches him in there and asks, you know, like, what are you doing? Like, what are you finding? I heard a noise. Makes him do a polygraph test and tells him that he's a retired CIA agent. And then he talks about the good old circle of trust. The circle of trust. See, if I can't trust you, Greg, then I have no choice but to put you right back outside the circle. And once you're out, you're out. There's no coming back. Mm. Well, I would definitely like to stay inside the circle. Well, then tell me the truth. Um... If you could ask anyone, yeah, any question under a polygraph test, Ooh. what would you ask? Who, I, who's the person and what's the question? I don't. I don't actually think. Is it bad to say I don't care? You wouldn't ask anybody no. anything. No, I don't what? think so. First off, because I've never even really seen in person a polygraph like machine. Okay. So <laughs> I don't. It's not something that I would be like. Oh, yep, I have access to that. Like, let's go. I've got a list. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. Starting with Scooter Braun. Give me the whole story Who's... with the Taylor Swift thing. Okay. Oh, I was well, like, who is that? Scoot but Scooter okay, Braun. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um. Okay. Linguists. Just any linguist. Is the S or the C <laughs> silent in the word sent? These are important questions. I need to know the answer to, and I'm going to know if you're lying. <laughs> God. I want to know if Tupac's still alive. I think Suge oh, Knight actually a, knows. That is a good question. I think Tupac's out there in the world, and there's one guy who I think knows the answer to that. Suge Knight. Put him on a polygraph test, guys. Let's I'm, find out. I'm really happy that you've thought of all these. I was thinking, like, in my personal <laughs> Oh, <line>. yeah. <laughs> Not in the larger universe. Uh, and I'm over here like, Elon Musk, supervillain or no? Be honest. I want to know the answer. I would probably, I guess, ask <laughs> if, like, I don't know, just to, just to know, like, somebody from Area 51, do aliens exist? Oh, 100%. Great right? question. Like here you go. Right? Now you're or, or yeah. like, the Loch Ness, the guy, people who have taken pictures. Like, did you genuinely think that that was the Loch Ness? Like, have you seen the Loch Ness? Mark Zuckerberg. I, first of all, he might be an alien. Mm, but also, how I've many questions that. could you ask him under a polygraph test? That would be so fun. Oh, I think that would not be a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if we want to know the answer. Start a list. Who's got my info? <laughs> right? Oh, like, and like, them too. Wow. I think the biggest question is, is only ask questions you want answers <laughs> to. <laughs> yeah, you know what? That's right? true. That's like, true. Don't ask questions you don't want answers to. <laughs> oh, man. So Greg sleeps in and wakes up for breakfast and Pam's sister and her fiance's family are all there. They've mm. all made it to the house. I would have been so mad at Pam for one, not waking me up and not telling me that everyone was already dressed and ready for the day. And she plays it off as her wanting to sleep in. Her wanting him to sleep in. Yes. And she's the worst. So I guess that was one and two. I, I don't one think and that's... Two. 
Okay, so you're after Pam over that. I'm That's after the subtlest thing. Pam for a little bit more than that. Okay. Later on. Wow. But we'll find Taking out. Taking some shots at Pam. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. So, okay. I think what we're going to find out through this podcast <laughs> is that I am the Pam and you are the Greg. Because uh, I like, there's mm, no concept in of mine instances? that would be like... Oh God! Like everybody's here in their dress. Like I better make sure Sarah knows. You know what? I, I might think you mention, would. I think you I would. would, but I don't think it would be the worst thing if I forgot. If oh. I let you sleep. No, okay. no, don't do that. Don't do that. Okay. No, no. <laughs> Honestly, like it gets worse. Greg borrows clothes from Pam's brother Denny, who he's never met before. The guys head out to get the suits. And Greg also borrows one of Denny's jackets. Mm, yeah, Turns out Jack finds something in the pocket of said jacket. It's a sculpture I found in Greg's jacket. This isn't a sculpture, Denny. This is a device for smoking marijuana. Really? I have a problem with this because it's like, Jack, don't you know what your son's jackets look like? And two, Greg has no clothes. So where would he have gotten the jacket miraculously? And that's true. He has no luggage. So even if he was bringing a pipe to your residence, right? he would have gotten lost in the luggage right? anyway. Right? Like, there's so many, like, mm-hmm. I'm just like, come on. Yeah. I'm so annoyed. Yeah. Jack was a little bit irrational at oh, times. Oh, my God. Then he goes into the, it's the circle of trust, Fokker. Well, come. yeah. And so, yeah, he finds some marijuana paraphernalia, and Denny says that it's Greg's. Jack, first off, you're a CIA agent, and you believe your child at their word? Like, come on. That's a good point. Doesn't he not smell like weed all the time? He probably does, yeah. So now Jack hates him even more, and the rest of the movie, all the characters make little jokes about how Greg smokes weed, and he's he gets high all the time. Anyway, frick. Oh, it's so angry. God. Sarah's rattled. Ah, you know? <laughs> you know what? You're what? somebody who really appreciates fairness. <laughs> To a severe degree. (laughs) Everything needs to be fair. So I think everything that happens to Greg in this movie, you're like internalizing all that anger. Like, oh, this is so unfair. (laughs) It's clearly your son's pipe. Come on, Jack. Oh, my God. Okay, and then then what happens next? Oh, here we go. They go go for lunch. (laughs) They go for lunch. They meet back up with the ladies, and they head to Kevin's, the best man's house. Kevin, like you said, Owen Wilson. Wow. In my opinion... (laughs) He nailed this role, Owen Wilson. He did. Yeah. He was great. They walk into his house. It's massive. They broke up a little while ago, her, uh, so, yeah, Pam and, and Kevin, but he still keeps pictures around of them doing spontaneous things, very fun things. But don't you think that's a little bit weird? Definitely weird. Okay. But okay, good. I think it's strategic. Isn't I it, do. It, I do as well. Isn't it implied in the first and the second movie that he is still very much in love with Pam? Yes. Okay. So I think it comes up more in the second movie. I th- Not to spoil. I think you might be right. I can't remember the second movie because it's that's Meet the Fockers. Meet the Fockers, yeah. Yes. Okay. Well, we're going to have to do that one too. Oh, my God. Jeez. We'll see yeah. how unfair things are to Greg Fokker that time. So because Kevin's house is huge... It would, of course, have an indoor pool. Yes. And since Greg doesn't have any clothes, he, of course, gets to borrow some. And he, of course, is given a Speedo to wear. Then the whole pool incident happens. See, I can't blame Greg for this one. This was just a horrible happenstance. I have something to say about it. Okay, all right. Let's hear it, Sarah. It's one thing after another here. He honestly just cannot win. They're calling him a little baby who can't hit the ball well. So he does, and he connects with the bride-to-be's face by accident. He's yelled at, and Pam just sits there. 
Oh, and of course, Kevin is on Pam's team and is flirting with her the entire Huddle time. Up, team. Come Greg, on. not Glenn. Greg is afraid of the ball. Come on. Well, this is unacceptable. He's got to go for the ball. Here's what we got to do. We're getting cream, people. Well, if Lawrence Nightingale over here would play a little defense. Larry, I missed one shot. That was a big shot. Larry, yeah. keep floating where you are. You're doing great. Right. Denny, take the deep shots. Okay. Greg, nobody's expecting much out of you, so if I set you up with the ball, you think you can jump up and spike it? No. Yeah, I'd have to be pretty high, but yeah. I bet you would, Panama Red. He finally gets his luggage. Oh, wait, but it's the wrong bag, no? But it's the wrong bag. <laughs> Jack notices. So, first off, two things. It happened kind of at the, at the same time. Jack takes it upon himself to go and look through his luggage, mm-hmm. but he also notices that to- the toilet has been running all night, which means someone flushed it, and he told uh. specifically, Greg, do not flush that toilet. It's Greg's fault. Did you flush this toilet? Maybe, you know what? Maybe Jinx flushed it. I saw a little Jinxie come in last night, um, and he took a little, squatted, relieved himself. Jinx knows not to use that toilet, and even if he did, he'd never flush it. What does it matter? The matter, Greg R.N., is that when this toilet is flushed, it runs. And when you have a septic tank that's nearly full and a toilet that's been running all night, then you could have a hell of a problem. That is Greg's fault. Thank you. The luggage is not his, though. It's filled with sex toys. And the toilet has been running all night and has backed up all over the lawn outside, where the wedding is supposed to happen the following day. I mean, it was a whip. I wouldn't necessarily call that a sex toy. I think it was like a crop. Oh, okay. Well, I was going to say dominatrix stuff. Oh, yeah. That, that, see that. Yeah. That, so, that. yeah. And just then to I get just... the classification of what was in the luggage. <laughs> <laughs> well, what was being pulled out, I was like, nah, I'm going to classify it as that. <laughs> okay, to top it off, Jinx the cat gets out, climbs oh. up on the roof. He can't get him, so he just sits there having a smoke because he tossed his smokes up there. Of course, he just kind of tosses the smoke doesn't put it out first lights it on fire in the eaves trough greg fokker's fault correct that is in fact greg thank you fokker's fault yep breaks the electrical wire burns down the altar that kevin made by hand Uh carved out of one piece of wood what a gem kevin he is truly a gem it's chaotic it's a disaster Jinx is still missing. Everyone's looking for him. Pam says that everyone can go back to doing wedding stuff and that Greg will look for the cat. Yes. He can go and look for a cat where he's never in a place that he's never been. He's giving him, a, him an opportunity to be a hero. Why which he go almost with him? is. Uh, yeah, okay. It's her cat. Why can't she go and help him look in all of the places that he possibly could be i think there was an olive branch being extended that if greg finds this cat jack will like him. and if he doesn't jack will hate him even more perhaps oh it's good though he found the cat he found a cat (laughs) at a shelter (laughs) and that has a great tip at the end and he spray paints it and he is the hero at the rehearsal dinner for finding jinx the cat but that's a horrible idea why would he do that i think just the stress of having to come through Mm. was so high that he, he just had he to just spray paint uh, a cat. He couldn't go back to Jack and tell him he didn't succeed. They go back to the house and they find that the imposter cat has destroyed the dress, the plates, the glass, the decor, everything. Yeah. I'm glad you skipped over the chase scene. The chase scene is actually my favorite scene. Okay, so then they all come to a point. Everything comes to a point right here. Yes, Greg just loses his mind. He does. Ah. He basically just snaps. Jinx isn't Jinx. He spray painted the tail. He 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 basically isn't the hero that everybody thought he was. He comes, it 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 all just comes out. He's honest about it. Um, then blames Jack that he's been working on a secret mission. He hasn't retired from the CIA. It's a honeymoon to Thailand for Debbie and her her new husband. Greg again feels like a dumbass. Yeah, Jack. Greg- 
Greg messed up. He did in that sense. Again. He probably shouldn't have. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, Jack goes on about how he's a liar and he looked, you know, he looked into his background and he never took the MCATs. And so you lied to me about everything, huh, Greg? You lied about the cat, about the fire, about the MCATs. Didn't lie about the MCATs. Come on, Pam. Don't you see what's happening here? Your dad has totally turned you against me. I didn't turn her against you, Greg. You did that to yourself. No one is mad at Jack, though. Everyone is mad at Greg. Well, yeah, because Greg messed up. Greg had a fake... It's an imposter cat that he brought into this house. The cat destroyed the wedding dress. Pam does nothing. No one stops him from leaving, including Pam. Like, they... they oh, and then they find out that Greg is not actually his first name. They find out that it's... Gaylord Fokker. Right, because so Jack looked up the MCAT scores for a Greg Fokker. Right. And that person had failed the MCAT. So he was like, Greg lied to us even about that. Turns out when you look up Gaylord Fokker, which is his actual name, he aced it. He aced it, Mm -hmm. yeah. But yeah, we find out that's his real name, which of course, 2000s comedy, you got to make some silly jokes. Yeah, slapstick. Totally. Jokes about that, sure. Mm -hmm. So, Greg has to leave and he's at the airport the only one in the airport he is the only one the only time that it's appropriate to be to go to the desk to board the plane ahead of your own row being called is when you are in fact the only person there and there is no one else in the airport (laughs) no i disagree with you how can you agree with that what do you mean no no no. I, i don't disagree with what you're saying i'm disagree that you're saying it why because sarah is the person who, if they co- call yeah. rows A through C, mm-hmm. if you're in row D, yeah. do you get up and go in line? No. Well, no, you, exactly. Well, people do. Exactly. And then people they just do. randomly stand there waiting for D to be called. So you know who Sarah is in this movie? She's not Greg Fokker. She is that airport attendant. That no, would be you. She's horrible. Excuse me, sir. We oh have not called your row yet. <laughs> He's like, I'm no. the only person here. No, sorry. But that's you the only time in. that it would work. He's the only one there. He's probably going to be the only... Well, which was interesting that he wasn't... There weren't more people because there were a lot of people on the plane. That's a good point. So, like, where were the other people? Why was he boarding last? That's a good point. Yeah. Anyway, my favorite scene is the plane scene. Oh, really? Okay. So, I'm not going to talk about that till later. But in the end, luckily, Jack gets him out of that situation Gives him another polygraph <laughs> with his hands, like a manual polygraph test, and asks him if he will love Pam forever, and then brings him back to the house to propose to Pam. So sweet. And I then they guess. also tee it up for a sequel because they're they like, wow, I guess we need to meet his, his parents now. Yes, yes. Which I, I didn't really remember. How how long after this did Meet the Fockers come 2004. Out? Oh, so it was four years, which is yeah. and a then, little while, but not too long. Yeah, and then the... the the third movie. Oh my god, there's a third movie. Yes, it's called Little Fockers. Oh, yes, and, I remember that. Um, it was released in 2010. Okay. Quick facts. Quick facts. This is a remake of a 1992 independent film. Greg Gliana and Mary Ruth Clark wrote and starred in Meet the Parents, a 75-minute film that Gliana also directed with a budget of $100,000. They weren't able to find a distributor and eventually sold the rights to Universal Studios. This movie was the seventh highest grossing film of 2000 and earned back its initial budget of $55 million in just 11 days. It remained in the U.S. top 10 box office for 11 weeks. Wow, good job. At one point, Steven Spielberg was going to direct this movie. 
Jim Carrey came up with the name Fokker. At one point, Jim Carrey was going to play the star Greg when Steven Spielberg was set to direct. I think Jim Carrey could also do it back in 2000s. Yeah, I think so It would so be too. a little bit zanier, though. It, that is the perfect word for that. Jim Carrey is zany. He, he's too zany, I think. Yes. Or not too zany. It just would have become It would have been different. Yeah, yeah it, it would have been, been a different, different. vibe. Yeah. Naomi Watts auditioned to play the role of Pam. Oh, I love her. She auditioned at least five times. Julia Stiles also auditioned for the part of Pam. But she could do it too. Yeah, she could, but dropped out because of 10 Things I Hate About You. Oh, she made the right choice. Big time. The premise of this movie um, is based on truth and lies. The scene where Jack meets Greg for the first time, Jack says, it's my way or the Long Island Expressway. This, of course, abbreviates to lie. L-I-E. Ben Stiller proposed to his girlfriend, Christine Taylor, during the film's production. He said that it was like meet the parents in real life because Christine's father is an intimidating guy who owns a security company. We're good friends now, but at the time, I was in the basement rec room saying, I really would like to marry your daughter. He's a man of few words, but he was very welcoming. I was more nervous asking him than asking her, he said. Oh, wow. The movie's original opening scene was too expensive to film. It opened to Greg proposing to Pam during a Cubs game at Wrigley Field and failing at it. To save money, they moved it to take place outside of a school instead. Robert De Niro came up with the idea for the lie detector. Oh, cool. Yeah. While he was researching a role, he read up on polygraphers. It wasn't originally in the script, but it was added, and it per- fit perfectly with Jack being an ex-CIA agent. He would have a polygraph test he in would. his basement. Or in he, his, he should. Whatever that was. Yeah. Greg's character was influenced by Dustin Hoffman's character in the movie The Graduate. They were both people who were misunderstood. Interestingly enough, Dustin Hoffman plays Greg's dad, Bernie Fokker. He is the Mr. Fokker. He is Mr. Fokker. The pharmacy used in the movie stayed open while they were filming in it. It was a real pharmacy. Whenever the actors would finish a take, the actual cashier would get back to work and ring through customers. Oh, that's funny. That scene was mostly improvised. The name Fokker was almost changed. The Motion Picture Association said they couldn't use the last name Fokker unless they found somebody with the actual surname Fokker. I'm guessing they did, in fact, find somebody with the surname Fokker. I was going to say, during this whole podcast, I've been like, ah, am I going to have to go back and edit all this out? <laughs> am I going to have to bleep all the Fockers? But like, no. It's not really, that. that is a real name. Surname, it is. So, yep. it's fine. Christopher Walken, Anthony Hopkins, and Al Pacino were considered to play the role of Jack. Mm, I like all of those. Christopher Walken is a very intimidating man as well. Oh my god. Yes, 100%. Same with Anthony Hopkins. That's why, because Christopher Walken's character in uh, Wedding Crashers is also like the father figure in that romantic comedy, and he's also very uh, intimidating. Yep. A little bit of aloof. I don't like Al Pacino, though. He'd be too... No, I don't like Al Pacino as well. Just not for this role. Right. Yes. Oh, yes, yes. Generally speaking. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure he's a nice guy. (laughs) Mr. Jinx was played by two cats. They were named Bailey and Misha. What? De Niro ended up really liking the cats and would keep kibble in his pockets to keep them close. (laughs) This movie inspired a cat toilet training product. Oh, my God. It was called Litter Quitter, a toilet training tool for cats. It comes with plastic rings you put over the toilet seat. Gradually, the hole in the rings gets bigger until the rings aren't needed at all. The cats on set weren't actually trained to use the toilet. If you are on a plane and they have the movie Meet the Parents, you will not see the airplane scene. It was cut out of the in-flight version, and this is probably due to the word bomb. Right, because he makes a joke about saying bomb on an airplane. Yes. Yeah. 
In that same scene, when Greg is having his outburst on the plane, a man in the background can be seen trying not to laugh. Oh, really? Jay Roach, the director, wanted the whole movie to feel like an anxiety dream for Greg. Well, great. Mission accomplished. I 100% think he hit, yeah, he hit that out of, like, the ballpark, for sure. So uncomfortable. Jay Roach also did his best to make Ben Stiller feel uncomfortable, and Ben hated his clothes in this movie. Jay said that this was all part of the plan to keep him as uncomfortable as Greg. Oh, so the actor himself was also uncomfortable. Great job, Jay. I'm sure nobody wants to work with you ever. <laughs> you know, he just he changed my clothes so that I hated that too. Well, do you notice in the Austin Power movies, there's only really one actor who plays all the parts? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's the only act. No, <laughs> like eighty percent. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Mike Myers is the only guy I wanted to work with him. It was Ben Stiller's idea to make Greg a nurse. In the car chase scene, the lights really did change from green to red as fast as they were shown in the movie. If you look closely, you'll see that it's largely composed of close-ups of Ben Stiller and Robert De Niro. This is because they shot their scenes on separate nights. Oh, interesting. When Greg is in the pharmacy with Jack, the song Day by Day by Godspell is playing in the store in the background. Greg uses those lyrics of this song when he is saying grace at dinner. Oh, wow. What a catch. Meet the Parents is among the 1,001 movies you must see before you die, edited by Steven Snyder. Jack's tie is extremely poor. He is constantly repeating the word what in tie, making it seem like it's a longer conversation than it is. Oh, so he was actually speaking tie. It was just... Uh, what? 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 Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Production designers built the, the full interior of the house inside a giant armory in Brooklyn, New York. They wanted a tasteful Republican feel. So the colors are red, white, and blue. Best scenes. The car chase scene. Greg, it's at the point where Greg has replaced a jinxie cat with an imposter animal. Now Jack finds out that this replacement has been happened because the neighbor calls and says, hey, like we found jinx. So who's the cat in the house? Greg lied to everybody. I love this moment because the entire time up until this point in the movie, Jack and Greg have very much been playing, no pun intended, like like a cat and mouse game. Mm, yes, that's a good reference. Against each other. Jack kind of manipulating and antagonizing Greg. But this was the first scene where it kind of felt like, okay, all the cards are on the table. Greg lied to Jack. Jack knows that Greg lied. And Greg has probably figured out that Jack has figured out that I lied. No tiptoeing around each other anymore. This is happening. And then, of course, it culminates in the big, the big blow-up afterward. But just the car chase itself where they're, like, staring each other down and Ben Stiller's, like, giving him the eyes. It, I was getting amped up for Greg. I'm like, yeah, you show him. And then, of course, Greg loses the race and, uh, you know, toils away. But it, it just felt uh, it was a culmination of everything that was happening in the movie. I found it weird, though, how they notice Greg is driving like a maniac. But in Jack's car, it's as if nothing is happening. Like, when they get home, everybody makes fun of Greg and his inability to drive. But, like, Jack, oh, like, it's just status quo, normal. He just didn't also do stunt driving. Like, I just don't get it. The poor guy. That's back to that anxiety-ridden dream that Jay Roach is trying to make out of this movie. It's all Greg's fault. I feel it. It's all Greg's fault all the time. It is. All (laughs) the time. All the time. My best scene is the airport aisle scene. When he's trying to fit his checked baggage... Or his his carry on, yeah, which should be checked baggage into the overhead compartment, and the 
stewardess, who gave him a hard time about even getting onto the plane, continues giving him a hard time. And then he kind of breaks into the uh, bomb, 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 bomb. I don't want to check my bag, okay? And by the way, your airline, you suck at checking bags, okay? Because I already did that once and you lost it. And then I had everything screwed up very badly for me, okay? Uh, well, I can assure you that your bag will be placed safely below deck with the other luggage. Oh, yeah? How do you know my bag will be safe below with the other luggage? Huh? Are you physically going to take my bag and put it beneath the plane? Are you going to go right now outside with the guys with the earmuffs and go put it in there? No. No? Okay. Then shut your pie hole and listen to me when I say that I am finished with the checking of the bags conversation. Sir, we have a policy on this airline that if a bag is this large... Okay, you know what? Take Get your grubby little paws oh. off of my bag, okay? It's not like I have a bomb in here. It's not like I want to blow up the plane. Sir! I just want to it is just so funny. You can't say bomb on the You definitely can't. You should not. Absolutely. Oh, my gosh. But that scene is just classically hilarious. It's fun to watch Greg crack and yes. kind of crumble a little bit yeah uh like when he's when he's kind of belittling jack when he confronts him he's <laughs> like oh you speak thai you speak thai really well jack well why don't you tell them hey pam guess what daddy's planning a little covert operation in thailand for the day after the wedding do you know that you are round and round we go jack hey i bet everybody would love to hear about your little rendezvous in the parking lot of the oyster bay drug and sundry yeah you know what i'm talking about where the guy gave you the passports and the documents or how about your little phone call in Thai? Jack can't talk Thai. Oh, no, Dina, Jack can talk Thai. Jack talked Thai very well. I, I really like Ben Stiller when he's a little bit unhinged, kind of like his character in Dodgeball. Yes, oh, where he's yeah. He's like, ooh, you know, okay, <laughs> all right then. Yeah. That, that's my favorite kind of Ben Stiller. I do, and he I was do getting to that point. That. He he kind of hit that point in the, in the uh, airplane. He did, yes. Yeah, yeah it was just, it, it is a great scene. Honorable mentions. My honorable mention. There is one specific character from this movie I remember vividly outside of the trio of Pam, Jack, and Greg. Who is that character? I don't know. Who? It's got to be Jinxy Cat. Oh, Jinxy Cat. Mr. Jinx. Mr. Jinx. Even like Owen Wilson, the mom, they, they all had great moments, but like if I'm thinking of this movie, mm-hmm. Jinxy Cat is like the fourth best character in the movie, <laughs> yeah. if that makes sense. And like- a great character arc. Can we can we talk about Jinxie yes. Cat? Yes, it's almost as if like they yeah they were an actor. Gets adopted by a retired CIA agent. Learns how to use the toilet as a cat. Great job. Replaces that CIA agent's own son as like in the hierarchy of the house. I think right. Then Jinxie Cat gets lost. Gets replaced by an imposter. I think Jinx, aside from Greg, has the wildest ride in this movie. <laughs> and I think he's the next most important character after those three. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I like that. I do like Mr. Jinx's character. Like, when I do think of the movies, all three of them, one thing is always consistent, that cat. Yeah. Jinxy cat. Jinxy cat. <laughs> My honorable mention, or should I say dishonorable mention. Oh, is Pam. Is Pam. Okay. As the worst girlfriend in a rom-com. Wow. Why, you ask? You're swinging hard. Yes. Because she just sits there, either offering him up to help when he has no idea what to do, or just watches him sink and doesn't help him in any way. I have examples. <laughs> Let me go through them for you. Okay. Offers him up to go with Jack to the pharmacy. Just met him. Well, but that's an at, opportunity. Totally, but still. Let's him sit there, giving grace at dinner when he is Jewish. <laughs> then breaks the urn and says nothing. Breakfast in the morning when her sister and her fiancé's family arrive 
doesn't even wake him up to tell him to get dressed and that they were all, everyone was ready to go and was waiting for him. She then lets him fend for himself when she says that he doesn't have, like he doesn't have any clothes to wear. She is most unhelpful human ever. She tells him to go wake up her brother who he's never met before in his entire life and asks him to borrow some of his clothes to wear. Just take the guy shopping already. Yeah, I'll, I'll agree. That was kind of weird. Or like, you're the sister. Go into your brother's room yes, and grab a few things. Exactly. Like, why are you telling him to go knock on a guy's? Yeah. Like, what? That was ridiculous. I, I agree. With that, that was one. that was the biggest one. For <laughs> okay, that, that's I was the like, biggest are you one. Are you kidding okay, me? Right. I would never do that to Here somebody. Here we go. Watching her flirt with her ex in the pool gets constantly made fun of. Gets amped up and then hits the ball hard into her sister's face. When Jack tells them not to fool around in the bedroom, she wants to. That's right. Uh, when Jinx goes missing, Pam offers up his services to go look for the cat. Another opportunity. Yeah, because he knows exactly where to go <laughs> in a place that he's never been to. Mm-hmm. Doesn't stick up for him when he gets kicked out of the house and told to leave. Yeah, that was kind of sad. Rant done. That was that was sad. I'll yeah. agree with you there. What should have been? What should have been? Do you have one? I, I have one. It's not like fully thought out, but like yeah. I'll just throw it out there, you know? Kevin should end up with um, Kristen Wig from Bridesmaids. Kristen Wig Bridesmaids. Okay. Yeah. Why? Because I think she, you know, she needs to a little bit more spontaneous in her life and more adventure. But I think it's there, you know, like it's there. That's interesting. Yeah. Why? I, I went with Kevin Raleigh. Owen okay. Wilson. Okay. He should end up with Bob from Runaway Bride. Who's Bob? Because remember, Bob, he's the guy who she leaves at the altar. Like, like they're <gasps> they're having the rehearsal dinner. Okay. Right? It's yeah. Bob. He's a football coach. <laughs> yes. Adventure junkie. Okay, I like that. Much That's like good. much like uh Kevin. So I'm just thinking like Kevin and Bob, I think they both they've both been done dirty by some females yeah, in their lives. Yeah. They need to bro out a little bit and they need to kind of dive deeply into their hobbies. I like that. Both of them have a hobby. They would they would do well together. Of being on adventures, of, of yes. doing these extreme kind of That kinda... is great. Yeah. It's 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 uh male camaraderie what should have been. I, I like that. Rewatchability. Chemistry four. Storyline five. Thirst factor three. Imagination, 4.5. Soundtrack, 2. Cheese, 4. Total score, 3.75 out of 5. Okay, so I've got chemistry, 5. Storyline, 5. Thirst factor, which I mistakenly wrote as thrust factor on here. <laughs> it autocorrected. Very strange. Don't love that. Uh, thirst factor of 2. They can yeah. mean the same thing, you know. Thrust factor and thirst factor. Yeah, they, they do kind of... Right exist in the same universe yeah. uh imagination 4.5 soundtrack for cheese five for a total score 4.25 wow what was your total score 3.75 whoa this is an instant classic i know Sarah. i know i just like the soundtrack i don't remember a freaking thing from it but it was and like, i gave it a two instead of a one it was the ambiance no it was just the, the i don't i don't remember I don't remember a song from the sh- from the movie. Yeah, I gotta at least remember one. Okay, all right. And this has been the rom com rewind of Meet the Parents. Um, if you have any questions, concerns, you just want to chat with us about movies that are upcoming, movies that we've done, or you just want to talk. At Rom Com Rewind on Instagram. You can follow us on Spotify and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Leave a review there as well. Oh, and we're on TikTok too. <laughs> Thanks for listening.